uh, this is Deb Jones. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to Deb Jones Talking Shop with Women in the Biz, episode two. Uh, as most of you know, uh, it is so important to me that all of the guests on my show, that they're all women uh, in the industry, or that they are men, uh, but men who support women in the industry. Uh, so today's guest is actually is our is is our first female that we've had on the show. Because uh, last month, episode one was Frankie Gutman and Michael Bilo, two super cool guys, uh, both hosts of the hit show at the Pack Theater, Dark Matters. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this month uh, is our first female that we've had on the show. We have uh, we have Christonda Loken from Terminator Three. She played the Terminatrix. <laughs> so uh, ne- need I say more? So without further ado, I'd love to play the recording that we did earlier. Uh, I would like to add though that my recording equipment shut down uh, halfway through the interview. Uh, so you will notice where that happened. <laughs> uh, but again, uh, I had so much fun. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Here I'm with Kristana Logan. Deb, it's so nice to see you again. I've, I've really missed you. <laughs> I would say the same. But you won't. <laughs> but I won't. Uh, because I see myself all the time. <laughs> well, you certainly do. You know, I've been such a huge fan of yours for years. Let's start with Terminator 3. Let's do it. Uh, I heard that they auditioned 10,000 actresses before they found you. Yes, that is what I've heard, that it was uh, 10,000 actresses that they auditioned for the role. You know, I was just a big fan of Robert Patrick in T2 and was really inspired by his performance. Um, And I just felt like this was a job that I could get because whereas before um, certain things had hindered uh, my getting jobs, like I was really tall for my age since I started young, or I had a deeper voice. Um, and now I thought all of these attributes, attributes could really work in my favor. So um, they did, and I ended up getting the job. Out of 10,000 people, you have to wonder, you know, what, what on earth did you do in that audition? Like, what, what, what did you, was it the look that you gave them? I think it could have been in part the look, but I think they were also looking for a certain physical type. And um, I guess I fit what they had in mind. Um, and then, of course, I did a lot of training to really prep myself and get in the best physical shape of my life and completely change my body type. I put on about 15 pounds of muscle mass um, and did... Krav Maga, Israeli martial arts. I did weapons training with um, the LAPD, so I got really comfortable with the Smith and Wesson 45. Um, I did. Uh, I worked with a mime coach, which was really kind of the icing on the cake, so to speak, to eliminate all those human signs of uh, showing exertion while running, for example, or blinking while firing a gun, things like that. So a lot of prep work um, went into that role. And of course, uh, a weight trainer I had and a nutritionist. Um, so many different components. Was part of the motivation uh, for getting in such good shape uh, the opening scene where you're walking down Rodeo Drive completely naked? <laughs> that was a lot of the motivation, yeah. I kept thinking like, wow, in front of the world, naked, yeah. 
I heard that they had to wait six months to shut down the street to get permission. Do you know anything to confirm uh, or deny that I, being true or false? I don't actually. Um, I know we shot it. It was the very last day of our shoot, which was 100 days. So I also had all of that time, a total of eight months, to really get myself in the best physical shape. Um, I got down to the body percent, the body fat percentage of that of a Olympic um, athlete, and um, you know, so I could feel confident walking down the street naked. And they closed down the street in Rodeo Drive. It was Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. Um, of course, you know, there were people up above in buildings, and you know, I mean, if you really wanted to see, it's a street. I mean, you couldn't avoid looking at some stage. Um, but for the most part, it was a closed set, as they say, um, and uh, it was an experience I'll never forget. I actually, one little anecdote, I got a piece of glass stuck in my toe because I was barefoot, and that little piece of glass festered there for about three years, and I could not get it out, and finally got it out. For three years, I would have loved to see what that would have looked like. I mean, I actually asked the podiatrist if I could keep it because it had this special memory around this piece of glass that was stuck in my toe. Um, and uh, he said, no, you're not going to be able to keep it. And then on that note, this, he finally got that little shard out and it flew across the room and he was like, that's why you're not going to be able to keep it because we're not going to be able to find it. And he was right. I wonder how the, the piece of glass went flying across the room. Like what was he doing? Was oh, he I was, mean, did, were you? Did you? Did you? Could you? Did you see that? Did you witness yeah, yeah, it going yeah. flying across the room? Well, he was digging it out with like a scalpel, so <laughs> the velocity of the digging, I think, was uh, matched how far it flew. Because you could have held on to that for you know the memory of that experience, or I bet uh, if I were a betting man. Uh, that you could probably have sold that on eBay. <laughs> Maybe so, but I, I think this piece of glass was priceless. Uh, some things, uh, yeah, are you cannot attach a price tag to. Uh, <laughs> were you cold? <laughs> <laughs> was I cold that night? Yeah. Well, it's, it is a good question, uh, Deb. <laughs> and, you know, it. I don't... I don't actually remember being cold, so it must have been summer. Uh, what compelled you to become an actress in the first place? Well, I gotta be totally honest there, Deb. Um, I think it was the attention. You know, when I was a little girl, um, my mother and father really encouraged my ability to perform, and they loved to listen to me sing or dance, and I did all different types of dance lessons and singing vocal lessons and summer stock theater, and I think it was the attention, and I just really enjoyed that. And then, you know, hopefully, I'd like to say as I've gotten older that it's not just for the attention, but it's for the artistry and expression um, and it's, you know, sometimes I ask myself, like, what else would I do? And I, I can never really seem to come up with anything that inspires me as much as um, creating humanity, recreating humanity. I have such little experience with acting. Uh, back in high school, I auditioned for Streetcar Named Desire, and I actually got cast as the role of Stanley Kowalski. <laughs> No, yeah, it's it's amazing, you know, I to, to cast a female of Stanley, you know, but I guess like, the director said that he needed to look no further as soon as I step on stage. <laughs> <laughs>
Maybe it was the flannel that you were wearing because you're sporting a really nice flannel now. Oh, I, I really? Like it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Back in high school, I didn't really wear much of flannels, uh, but I was wearing a button-up. There Who's, you go. Yeah, I have a, one more question about Terminator 3. Do you mind if I go ask? Ahead. Okay, I remember your first line. I like uh, your gun. Wait, can you say that one more time? <laughs> I like your gun. Isn't I like your gun? It's not I like your car. Oh, that's yeah, you're right, Deb. You know better than I do. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Oh, that's amazing. I can't believe that I remembered your first line more than you did. Yeah. That's a huge fan. Uh, yeah, well, the first time I saw the movie, I actually got scared when I heard you say that I jumped out of my chair. <laughs> well, good that I was doing my job. I didn't know. You know, I guess it's not as much a horror film as it's just an action film, but it was chilling the way that you delivered that line. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. It was like, how do you get into the mind of a robot? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really had to... Uh, desensitize yourself from um, your emotionality and what you were feeling and just be programmed and react to what the task was. Uh, your father was also an actor too. I also read that he auditioned for Midnight Cowboy and he was, uh, was it between him and John Voight? It was not between he and John Voight for Midnight Cowboy, but John Voight was a friend of my dad's. I'm pretty sure they went to acting class together. And when John was getting close to that role, he knew my dad always wore cowboy boots and he didn't have any practice wearing them. So he borrowed my dad's cowboy boots to kind of get the walk down for his character in that movie. Um, so yeah, and, and ironically, we also saw John Voight at the LA Terminator 3 premiere and he got to see my dad and they had a nice memory over that. Uh, let's, I'd like to switch gears. Uh, so you're, you have a baby boy, a nine month old baby boy. Uh, can you tell us a little bit of what it's like being, uh, being a mother? Uh, I think my favorite part about being Thor's mother is really being, I guess, responsible for him and really consciously aware about every little decision that's made, every choice, just the incredible awareness that I get from being around him. And um, it's really beautiful. I just think he's such a little teacher, you know, ever since he was in my belly, I feel like I'm just learning so much and becoming more of the woman that I want to be. So I think it's, it's all of it. It's every moment of the day really is my favorite part. To say he's such a cute little boy, well, you know. Thanks, yeah. In the short time that I was hanging out with him, you know, he he was just smiling and laughing and then smiling and laughing and then he ate and I was like, oh, that's the life, right? Yeah, the life of a baby. Yeah. yeah. It's the only kinds of adults that live that kind of a life are the ones in in nursing homes. <laughs> That's true. Well, they do say you go full circle, right? You can go <laughs> yeah, back apparently. to that. So maybe someday I'll be changing your depends. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be fun. Yeah, really hope that we end up in a nursing home together. <laughs> Something to shoot for. Yeah, sure is. Aim yeah, high. Yeah, you know you, uh, you shoot can, for the moon. You land amongst the stars. Yeah, yeah. get get a nice little basket. You can put all your your crochet work in. Oh, but I, I don't think I'll work. be doing much crochet. <laughs> well, hey, never say never, Deb. You just don't know. You might huh. uh, might be going over to the more feminine side in that stage. Of oh, your life. come on now, <laughs> you stop it. That's that's 
that's too much. <laughs> yeah. no. Try to get me out of this camouflage jacket. I'll beat you to the ground. <laughs> Just I'm gonna, kidding. I'm gonna beat you with that uh, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, T3. <laughs> uh, uh, guilt. Uh, no, not guilty. Uh, surrender. Throw the white flag. Yeah. yeah. Same hand motion. Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to add? Thank yeah. Any, any, any words about the father? Oh, did you, did you finally find him? Oh, I'm just joshing. <laughs> I finally found him. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, uh, it was like him or maybe ten others. I wasn't sure. Oh, <laughs> good. We're just kidding. Oh. Yeah, just joking there. No, <clears throat> Jonathan's been uh, incredible. And uh, we've learned so much about each other by um, sharing this journey of being Thor's parents. He's an incredible partner and father and uh, friend. I'm really, really happy to have him in my life. I feel large sense of grounding and well-being and this backbone of family um, is something that I've looked for for a long time and um, I found it with him. I'm very, very happy about that. You know, I have to say this, I haven't met him yet, uh, but he looks damn good in a tuxedo. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah and, I think and, so. And, and I'm not interested. He's not my type. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that's, you know, that's, that's great. He looks like a great guy. You know, I can't wait to meet him. Let me see here. I have, I can't, have, yeah, I actually have something else I'd like to talk about. Okay. Since, since we're on the topic All right. here. So I started a production company called Trio Entertainment with two partners, Jimmy Palmiotti and Jonathan got wind of this company that I was forming. Jimmy has a lot of intellectual property that we can produce. My dad has a whole wealth of uh, works that he's um, been in the pro process of working on and uh, and Jonathan said you know I think I have an interesting financial structure for your company to raise capital. Jonathan's been in finance his whole career but hasn't segued into the uh, entertainment world until now until this venture so um, I'm really excited about it we have 10 films on our slate and a TV series um, I think we're going to be doing some pretty interesting projects in a range of genres, um, anywhere from dramas to thrillers to documentaries to romantic comedies, and uh, it's been a great partnership with Jimmy and Jonathan and a really exciting aspect of our relationship. Jonathan and I. That uh, that certainly adds a whole new dimension. So it's like you guys are friends, lovers, and uh, business partners. <laughs> that's right. Oh, gosh, that's uh, the best of all worlds. Uh, I'm trying to think if I had any other things I wanted to ask you. Can you tell us a little bit about your mother? Yeah. Uh, just a little bit about her background. I feel like I read somewhere maybe that she was a model. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. My mother was a very successful model for nearly two decades. She she was an inspiration, certainly, for me in my life. I mean, my, my mother was very successful, and she never basically said no to a, a job that she couldn't do. You know, she always believed that she could just go out there and do it, and she did it. She did a number of TV commercials and lots of print, um, and she's really an incredible woman and uh, really the glue of my family. Um, and I should mention my sister Tanya and her wife Sandra. Um, Tanya's also been a, a real inspiration for me as well. She's 16 years older than me, and so growing up 
you know, I had my mother and I ha- and I had my sister, you know, for different things that I could talk to them about. And uh, she and her and Sandra have been together for over 20 years now, so they've had been having a great relationship. I would love to, you know, I don't know, we could exchange numbers. Well, I guess you already already have your number, you already have mine, but maybe we could set up a time and hang out and I could meet them. That would be great. I'm sure they'd love to meet you, Deb, and your pugs, too. <laughs> Are they allowed? Now, would they be allowed over? That's the thing. Well, I don't know about that, you know. I have to say, uh, Asha, um, that's my oldest pug, and Miguel, and I have a third pug. Uh, Miguel's the middle pug. Asha's the oldest pug, and the littlest pug, his name is, his name is Elf. Because <laughs> he looks like a little elf. Uh, on Christmas, we give him a little hat, so he looks even more so like an elf. And what I was going to say is that sometimes in, in, uh, if they're in a home that they haven't been in before, <laughs> they are not so well behaved. <laughs> well, I don't think that that would go over too well uh, with Tanya and Sandra, but, you know, once you meet them, you can certainly ask them yourself. Okay. They're related to you. I'm sure they're, you know, the, the, the apple, uh, so to speak, doesn't roll too far from the tree. <laughs> no, it, it sure doesn't. And I'm extremely reasonable. So they yeah. must be reasonable. And, uh, and, and wasn't the farm that you grew up on called like Love Apple Farm? <laughs> it sure was. I, I did my research. You did. You did. I, I actually heard that you even went to Love Apple Farm. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was in upstate New York uh, for a friend's wedding. And, uh, you know, I, I took a little rabbit. I'm like, you know what, I've always wanted to see that farm that Kristana talked about in that interview I read to see what's going on there. And it was this amazing farm. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, it really is uh, and was an incredible place. And I know my folks put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it. They had a big gourmet roadside market and bakery and petting zoo for kids and pick your own fruit. And it was just a wonderful place to grow up. I mean, truly magical. Well, you know, I have to say it was a magical place for me to visit as an adult. <laughs> I, I pet a goat and I had a slice of rhubarb pie. <laughs> wonderful. It was amazing. <laughs> it was the best. Uh, it was the best thing I could have done. On- so uh, I'd like to cut in here, uh, perhaps abruptly, uh, but uh, we noticed that the recording had stopped. Uh, so I'm going to have to sort of go back a little bit. Uh, Kristana, would you like to answer the questions that we just recorded, but we'll have to re-record because they were lost? Of course, yes, please. Okay. What's your favorite drink to drink when you are happy? Red wine. Favorite drink to drink when you're sad? Red wine. Favorite place to go when you're happy? Cape Town. Favorite place to go when you're sad? Cape Town. Favorite actor? I don't have one. Favorite actress? Helen Mirren. Why? She can do anything. She just has this incredible body of work, great diversity, and I've loved watching her early works to now because she's come so far. And uh, I've read her autobiography, and I just think she's a really interesting woman. And um, she really stood for strong female roles in the beginning of her career when there really weren't any. You know, it was always the the wife or the damsel in distress. And um, I think she was a real pioneer of her time. And I would love the opportunity of working with her someday. Okay. Uh, favorite book? Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. Uh, favorite name of a street? Car Named Desire. 
Oh, good one. Good one. Uh, oh, one other thing I, I wanted to add. Yeah. You know, when you asked my favorite actor, there are many that I really enjoy. But I'd have to say my one of my top experiences working with an actor is the legendary Bruce Dern. He's just an incredible man. I worked with him on Fighting for Freedom. That is a film that my father wrote and uh, we produced and shot on my parents' farm and immortalized it before they sold it. Um, so the whole experience in itself was um, very, very special and sacred. But Bruce was like a mentor to me. And he always said that um, working with another actor is like doing a dance between Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Um, and he thought that I was a great dance partner and that really meant a lot. Well, uh, I was about to say before you said his name, I was gonna say if you had seen me back in my high school play of Streetcar Named Desire that perhaps I would have won that best actor award in your mind. Uh, but <laughs> Maybe you missed your calling, Deb. But I've thought so. A part of me has thought about, I don't know, maybe taking a class at a community college, you know, just dabbling in acting again. Well, because you're a, a welder, is that what I read? Well, you know, I, I started doing a little bit of welding, uh, but I, I'm, well, I, I'm actually a script supervisor by day. Uh, Part-time mechanic, though, I do work on bikes on the side. Uh, why? You know someone that needs a bike work job? Yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm a script supervisor by day. I've been working with Jodie Foster for, I don't know, past 15 years. I thought you knew that. You know, I, I, I did, Deb, but I just, you know, I have this image of you like, um, Jennifer Beals in uh, Flashdance. You know? That's how you imagine me? Yeah, as a, as a welder. <laughs> that's, that's absurd. As, a, as this hot welder, you know, wearing <laughs> wearing just your mask. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'll have, to, I'll have to take a few pictures uh, at home and upload them to Instagram. <laughs> or I can message them to you if Jonathan won't be upset. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'd be okay with that. Uh, yeah. You don't think he'll be threatened with me sending you <laughs> pictures of me in my welding outfit? <laughs> <laughs> just the mask. Yeah, a snowsuit in a welding outfit. That's actually what I wear. <laughs> it's the safest way to go. Boy, that's a, that's a hot image. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, this has been so much fun, Kristen. I just have one last question from you. Yes. Uh, you know, if God existed, <laughs> which I believe he does, uh, what would you want him to say uh, when he saw you at the pearly gates? I would want him to say that he was welcoming me in. Yeah, that's that's what I think we all would want uh, him to say. <laughs> I, I stole that last question from the actor's studio, if you, <laughs> if you didn't notice. No, I, I, I like it. It's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> Put that in my back pocket. Uh, so much fun, Kristana. Thank you so much. Such a joy meeting your son. Uh, you know, give Jonathan my best. Uh, maybe we could get together sometime. And actually, I'm going to be having a, a potluck at my house in Canoga Park if you guys are free the 22nd of March. Oh, great. That yeah. sounds like a good time. Yeah. I'll bring a, I'll I mean, bring a pot roast to your potluck. How about well, that? That would be lots of fun. Uh, my my fiance Donica is uh is a chef. <laughs> so uh so yeah, so Very good. This will be lots of fun. A meeting of the minds. <laughs> that, yes, of the brilliance. Well, Deb, this has been truly a joy. So Yes. All right. So we will uh, hopefully this recorded. <laughs>